Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. If you like music and you like podcasts and you like to laugh and you like to learn, you need to immediately subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Each week on the One Hit Thunder podcast, we dive deep into the story and back catalog of a one hit wonder band or artist. From there, we have a good healthy discussion as to whether they brought the one hit thunder or were nothing more than a one hit wonder. We have a huge back catalog and we've done episodes on everything from Don't Worry, Be Happy and the Macarena to King of Wishful Thinking and Cumbersome. I promise you're going to love the show more than Jaquan loved getting tipsy and even more than Bobby Boris Pickett loved making alternate versions of the Monster Mash. Subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your podcasts. everybody and welcome to another episode of horror movie night this week we are talking about a movie that i uh subjected the <laughs> the <laughs> co-hosts to uh, a little film called up from the depths so slight little history on my experience with this why i picked this because it's a jaws ripoff it's a jaws ripoff and i always go for those i want to say it was machete maidens unleashed but one of the documentaries from that, that, sound, group that of guys. sounds right to me because mm-hmm. yeah. this was filmed in the philippines, philippines yeah. yeah so that it, was all about the it was that so i was watching machete maidens unleashed i thought that movie looks ridiculous <laughs> screen factory was running a sale on their blu-rays and i think the blu-ray for up from the depths was like ten dollars or less so i was like all right i'll take a risk oh, on that fuck i would have bought it for $10. yeah so, <laughs> yeah so you, I, and you wouldn't even had to have ketchup sandwiches yeah. so <laughs> so i bought so i bought the blu-ray and i watched it i actually watched it for the very first time with brian brian i forget where it is you'll dig in if you dig back enough into the catalog there's a point where i reference this movie and brian thought that i had picked it for the show already and he's like wait so you just watched that on your own <laughs> <laughs> like he was so baffled by it us too but <laughs> I watched it, and I remember thinking, nah, we can't get an episode out of this. But then I was watching Machete Maidens Unleashed, and I'm, it's going to come down to something Kyle said. I'm realizing that they were showing outtakes from the movie that had a lot of close-ups of the fish. Oh. And I was like, oh, man, this thing looks 
ridiculous. Let's just uh, let's whatever. It's under ninety minutes. I'll take I'll take a swing on this. Then so as the, I'm that, watching that, it, I'm like, oh, they barely show this fucking thing. Yeah, but that's the thing is that this movie got. Like Corman was pissed when they they so it was edited. So yes, and that's, he he re-edited it to so, make it a to make it a, a serious horror movie, and so probably that's where that's coming from. So that's what the problem is. So the way that it was broken down was that the director of the movie said that he showed up in the Philippines and was furious at how shitty the fish. Yes, was. like he's like we had hired a team in the Philippines to make it. They made this horrendous looking fish. They make like a parade yeah. float. So he's like, <laughs> I feel like he. If I remember the the trivia correctly, didn't he say that they were all depressed? Yeah, he was like they were depressed. <laughs> but he's like they gave Which us this weird, just a weird that's way of putting it. That's an odd yeah. way to describe. But he's like that. You, they gave us this googly eyed garbage. And he's like, so I just leaned into what we had and was like, all right, fuck it. We're going to shift it a little bit and make it a comedy. And he's like, we shot this comedy. And then I sent the final product back to Corman. And before I was home from the Philippines, Corman had already re-edited it back to be a serious horror film and was like shipping it out. That really tracks with what he was, yeah, what he was, was all about. about. There are a handful of moments that I can see where this could have worked as a comedy. There's one interaction specifically where I was like, if this movie had more of this, I would like it. And it's the scene where the fish is attacking in the water and it's pandemonium on the beach and it's the husband and wife. And she's like, but the fish. And he's like, but we're on land. And she's like, but we've got to run. And he's like, but honey, fish can't run. And then they just have like a loving embrace as the music swells. I'm like, if the movie was like acknowledging the absurdity of something like Jaws, where it's like, well, this just don't fucking go in the water. Like, yeah, <laughs> like but there's problem solved. Th that whole scene is is crazy because even before the people say that, there are people just running everywhere yeah. towards the camera, <laughs> knocking over tiki torches and stuff. Yeah, and even I mean, this was my first watch, yeah. last watch, obviously, and I just thought. Why? Why, yeah. are you, why are you expending that energy? You can just stand on the shore and watch. Yeah. You know, like right. if if I was in that position, if this was a real event, I would have been like, look at that monster fish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, yeah, scope it out. Like, man, that thing looks huge. That is a once in a lifetime <laughs> experience because they're going to blow it up eventually. The other thing that's worth noting about this movie, and we've talked about this a bit over the last year, but this is like ADR the movie there's not no a kidding. single but the first girl the first victim it sounds like whoever adr'd her voice was like speaking phonetically like it yeah. is the most awkwardly paced delivery of sentences i have and, ever witnessed it makes me think that the actress actually got drunk on the wine on the boat <laughs> that was just in glasses <laughs> on the boat and then this actor had to come in and try to adr a drunk woman's slurs uh, <laughs> or it was roger corman Speaking in a high voice. Oh shit! Yeah. It could have just been Raj. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know what? I like I'm how we're on the, the we're, we're, we're on, so yeah. tight with him that we just call him Raj. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We worked yeah. with him a lot. We yeah. watched a lot of his movies for this show. But it, it's the this, only comedic thing that I thought that it was going to start out as is when they credited Sam Bottoms and the Hula Girls' butts just. <laughs> oh my god! Out. And it, the, I was like, I can't believe that the credit says Sam Bottoms on someone's on bottom. someone's butt. And I was like, this is going to be great. And then it just never went to where we wanted no. it to go. We it, wish it would have been Sandy. So it would have been Sandy Cheeks. This was. This is definitely a movie where it's like... I talk about this sometimes with a movie like Cool World, right? Like, I talk about how Cool World, it's more like what that movie 
could have been or what mm-hmm. it was supposed to be uh-huh. and like watching it and being like man if only they had just followed the original fucking plan and i feel like i would love this movie so much more if they just showed this fish all the time yeah like show yeah. how shitty it looks just lean into it and it sounds like that's what the director wanted to do and it and in my memories i was like yeah you get to see how shitty that fish looks like this will be fun we'll have a well because that's Half of what makes Last Shark so enjoyable is that that shark prop is just not up to snuff oh, in the slightest. I mean, not for, but we just watched Loch Ness Horror, in which they <laughs> then decided that the creature could go on land. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you don't have to stick to, the, but uh, this obviously goes in the complete opposite direction. I mean, they were very proud of Loch, the Loch Ness Monster <laughs> and that one, but they, and obviously they had problems with, with good this reason. Fish. With good reason. <laughs> the, the garden hose with the head, it was amazing. Um, but this one, you know, they, they went the opposite direction on this one, but it's just like it's the the commitment to the set piece just stays more with the resort uh the resort of not resort town it's just resort period they stick with that hawaiian resort right yeah yeah so they really so weird well so it, it 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 only reads hawaiian when they want you to know that it's Hawaiian. Yeah, <laughs> Everything yeah. else does the same way. Again, okay, another Loch Ness horror comparison. The same way that like it only reads Scotland when the dude's in a kilt. Yeah, they, it only reads Hawaii when they're the in girls a skirt. are in hula skirts. And exactly. Sam Bottoms, its credit comes Wait, up. You're, yeah. sa- you're saying that the f- very stylish pink jacket that the one guy wore throughout the movie right, didn't no, scream Hawaiian right. to you? Me, you're right. That Man. is the ho- that is the resort manager, and it seems very Hawaiian. That guy. <laughs> so I, that I dude's out of control. I guess that's the only other comedic <laughs> thing. But again, it lands. No, no so here flat. the thing is, I think that everybody. There are so many sections that segments and mm-hmm. and references that Corman could not he couldn't scrub out the humor of this. No. Like it's very obvious if you read the IMDb trivia or you even read the the wiki and then you watch this movie at least you under you there's some sort of grounding yeah. that you can kind of understand that I should have read that. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you were busy with your Doritos. I was fucking very busy. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, which I feel like you can get an entertaining watch out of uh, from the depths. Only if you remember. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, at least your ninety. You your your yeah. ninety minutes no, are. Our- well spent. Our watch was great. I should. Yeah, I should say yeah. our watch was right. It was was absolutely perfect. Uh, me trying to remember and talk about any of it today is is, is a struggle. Is, yeah. is a struggle. I, I do want to point out as as we've called out some letterbox stuff here. I just want to. I just for comparison. Mm-hmm. So for Loch Ness horror, yeah, Kyle threw that one and a half stars. Yes. For last week's episode, brain scan, he threw that bad boy two and a half stars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Up from the depths, right in the middle. Yep, two stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two stars. Two stars. Um, he two was stars. still high when he did the letterbox. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I was full. I was very full. Uh, oh, sorry. I, I was wiping the Cheeto dust on my on my pants. We are we're a family show. I saw that Cheeto like, dust. I even in, said the wrong you, yeah. I saw that and I was like, I don't even know if I would give this two stars, I, and I, I picked just, it. I, we just we just had fun fucking watching. And Carly, I mean, look, Carly also just loves a, an aquatic horror and underwater adventure, or what we call underwater adventures. Yeah, no, and um, I'm right there with her. On yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, but this was still. Did you was still did you trash. realize you're married to Matt? I, I so oh, there's the ring. I thought, <laughs> I thought you lost it. Uh, uh, 
<laughs> so there's a question. Yeah. So the beginning of this movie. Yes, the drunk captain did sound like Macho Man Randy Savage. Yes, he did. <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm heading, actually. So drunk captain, um, not quite yet. But there's this elderly couple who is trying to buy a like tiki totem gun. tiki thing that's right? not yeah that's that's not for sale, but they're trying to haggle, and the main ish character. Is like, hey, the hero. He's the, yeah. call him a hero. Yeah. He's a hero. Don't don't accept anything less than fifty dollars. And the way that that whole scene played out, I it was like fifteen minutes after that scene passed before I was like, so he's not in cahoots with the guy selling. Like it seemed he like is. he is. Okay, he you is. missed the part where the so he's like, don't don't buy it for any more than fifty bucks. And then the guy like. Tosses him a Twinsky or something like that. Oh, okay. He, he tosses him money, and then the older guy and his wife buy him a beer, and then he takes them to the boat. He takes them to the boat. With the fake drunk captain, and, yeah. who's like, am I pretending too hard? But they had this whole weird subplot that they were going to fleece them for money. Which doesn't make sense, because I think they would have paid the full hundred if he didn't say, don't pay anything more than 50 on that thing. Oh, but that's no. that's what I'm saying, is that they wanted the money... Everybody is kind of like on the take oh. on the island because they're like, oh, stupid white, um, yeah. So okay, you know, so people it, visiting. It, okay, so because I'm like, if he's trying to help out the dude, it'd be like, yo, man, that thing's like worth four hundred bucks. <laughs> right. No, no, no. He yeah. wants he wants them to give fifty bucks to that guy, get twenty bucks from them, and then take their other three hundred and fifty bucks from for doing, for yeah. doing the diving training and stuff like that. So random. It's uh, it's it's not. It it, it makes sense. If you and the, so, it's I crazy mean it's so random that, in the nonsense of this movie like it doesn't oh, yeah. need to be there no, <laughs> no. it's far too convoluted yeah uh, it, there's already too many characters at this point yeah and this well, is early would, in the movie yeah this is this ten is minutes like... in the movie we've met because even that old couple is sticks around a hell of a oh, lot longer long than I thought time. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely. they are they are world builders yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> crazy. It's an absurd amount of time that is yeah, spent this movie, with a lot of these characters. This movie was painful to watch for me on the level of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes was really? painful. Yeah. It, I mean, it is one of the most painful movies you've made me watch um, because... What do I got next? <laughs> uh, <laughs> listen, I I know what you guys have next and it's uphill for a little bit, you know, and, and with Up From The Depths, I did not know... Um, I knew it was going to be stupid, and I knew it was going to be a Jaws ripoff, but um, all I knew from it was the Machete Maidens, and we lost all that good stuff. I mean, I feel like this would be a more entertaining watch if we would have had the original cut, mm-hmm. because I, mm-hmm. I, I still would have hated it. It would have been slapstick. It would have been dated jokes. It would have been like watching Airplane. I At would, least it would have been consistent. Exactly. It would have been like what it was supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, and we would have seen a lot more of the monster, yeah. which is like... I, I, want, I have very man. simple needs when it comes yeah. to monster movies. Literally show me the monster. Yeah. Well, that and like I said, I was watching this and being like, why are we not seeing more of the monster? I swear we saw this monster board. And we're like an hour in and I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a little buyer's remorse on Matt's Yeah. That motherfucker did not show up. He did not show up for work. Did you guys watch White Lotus? Lotus. I just watched that when I was visiting Brian in November. I mm. liked it quite a bit. Oh, Megan I did hear loved good it. things about it. Yeah, I did not did you, enjoy it. Did you it's bring Mike it up White. on the show? He did. I'm sure he did. He did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I did not. Ver- I I really. 
it it's was very Wes Anderson-y, which you are not a fan of. So I like Wes Anderson at times. It's Wes Anderson meets really black humor, like yeah. ultra dark humor. Okay. Um, and and I just just couldn't get into it. But yeah, it's like that's that the the reason I mention it is because the um, the resort manager in his pink yes uh gave me super super white lotus vibes <laughs> yeah i can see that i can see that all right well so uh, is that everything that we want to say about everything. up in the depths uh, yeah i i just had a quote uh oh, don't wait, be asinine rachel but i don't know how it was said or why it was said or where or when or i mean i know it was said to rachel but speaking of being asinine, don't you have something oh, that you need okay. to mention? Well, yeah, I didn't, this is asinine. Uh, <laughs> see, I'm usually really good about it when we're uh, not together yes. because I'm just like, this is next to me and I'm staring at it the whole time. But I didn't open this, but because we're talking about Jaws ripoffs, fucking Mr. Kelly over here spotted this in the uh, in the beer cooler. It is called Summer Dollars. It's a sour ale with blood orange and sea salt oh. by Neshemony Creek, which is based, it was, it's just, it's all Jaws references on the can. Yep. Um, I mean, even without the Jaws references, I didn't even realize there were Jaws references. Yeah. Just the fact that it's got, it's got salt and yeah, blood orange. Uh, yeah. It is flavor profile wise already. Perfect. We're talking it's per as a perfect beer, but yeah. because it's also I, Jaws I don't know how I caught that at the top shelf. It was top of, shelf. Like it's sort of, yeah, it was. Just <laughs> the corner of my eye, I'm like, that looks like the billboard from Jaws. Yep. Because <laughs> it Jaws sure was. pretty much play um, Jaws and Jaws ripoffs play pretty much on repeat in your brain admittedly, admittedly i didn't open it up during this recording because uh scott already gave me another beer so but, you know <laughs> but it's 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 here and it's ready to be drunk there's gonna be 15 when, hours tomorrow where there's a chance you can say that one kidding. for last shark well there is yes there is last there shark that we have it for that uh i think currently is like a double ipa for which i didn't <laughs> i again just bought on um name alone so i think oh no Never mind. It's too, it's doesn't matter. This is gonna replace you just whatever. Just for time. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna replace it. It's fine. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. Then, then we're ready for double features. I yeah. We are. So, yeah, Matt, yeah, yeah. this is your pick. What's your double feature? I'm going to go with what I think is the most logical movie to go with a movie like Up From the Depths. Another Jaws ripoff. Another one at a resort. Another one that we've talked about on the podcast. 
Piranha 2 The Spawning. Ah. Way better. Yeah. Way better well, in the stupidity level. One, one is James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> well, he thinks I can't believe he shit. did up from the depths. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't see that? Yeah, I just did not. I can't believe he Alan Smithy up from the depths. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked that this director didn't Alan Smithy no himself. No fucking kidding. He like, Roger Corman just completely re-edited the movie. He's like, I'm the man of my I, word. I did it. I stick with it. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> But he's yeah. like, this is this is my chance, no, guys. Yeah. No, no explanation necessary beyond that, though. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's fair. Well, I'm gonna um, swoop in and snag a Kyle pick from years before that we recently mentioned, and is such a good time. It's salty. It's stupid. It's aquatic. It's the uninvited. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Demon Cat. Oh my god. Worst hairball ever. Dude, I fucking love that you know, movie we're re- so much. We're recording this on the eve of the live stream that happened almost a month ago by the time the episode comes <clears throat> out. If there's any movie that I'm really disappointed didn't make it into the final ten, it's it's uninvited. I'm yeah. shocked. I'm I knew, shocked. I'm I shocked, think it's truly. too obscure. All right, and, and poor Kyle. Yeah. Oh, you don't have to fucking pour me. I'm I'm picking Club Dread. Uh, we're talking. So about let's this. literally pour anybody else as well. Oh, because you started out with that from the depths, heavily Doritified. Yeah, and then Club Dread makes sense yeah. because yeah. your Doritos yeah. are. Well, we're talking about we're talking about a resort that has something horrific going on and people not adhering to any sort of fucking normal rule. And it, of course, it's a comedy. Should I revisit Club Dread? You should revisit Club Dread. Uh, well, no, you you know you. I think I saw it in like two thousand eight. So if I remember correctly, and uh, your taste level, and not taste level like just your preferences, I should sure, say, not yeah. taste level, uh, your preferences, comedy. But it's the Broken Lizard. He but it's broken lizard. broken lizard. Do you like? Yeah. Do you like I, Super Troopers or do you like Super Troopers? Is like my all-time favorite comedy. Oh, then you should absolutely revisit Club Dread. I don't think that it's going to. It's not going to live up to Super Troopers, and it also might not tickle totally the horror itch because i think that it actually is a little light on the horror i I think that's what i remembered it being as well but i think that so bill paxton's fucking great all the broken i completely forgot bill paxton is coconut pea and it's brilliant he's the he's the number one thing that i remember that and penelope is my fucking i love because he plays he plays coconut pea which is like a direct parody of of jimmy Jimmy Buffett. buffett yeah matt we are way off track let's get back to what do we watch so uh gonna bounce off of club dread just a little bit i haven't really sat down to watch anything new beyond last week's uh stranger things because you know that's a seven hour investment that's in itself a huge investment. but i did re-watch a movie that i haven't seen in a really long time that is also kind of a stoner comedy or uh, sorry a doritos comedy as we like to call it <laughs> uh, sponsored I, <laughs> I revisited your highness and that shit holds up way better I than forgot, I thought it was going to hold up. Straight up forgot that was a movie until you said <laughs> I, I don't know what that is. So it's, can you give me the, the top down? So it's Danny McBride, James oh. Franco, um, Zoe Deschanel, <laughs> and Natalie Portman. And it is... What? And it what is, year is this? This is like 2009. It's a, it's later than you expect. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, I think 2009. 2009, 2010. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Natalie Portman? Yeah, it's a stoner fantasy film where james franco plays the the hero prince who's going to be king one day 
and Danny McBride is his like worthless stoner brother. Was it written by Danny McBride? Uh, it's written by Danny McBride and uh, David Gordon Green. James Franco discovers Zoe Deschanel, who's been locked up in a castle since she was a child. Is she Rapunzel? Sort of. Like she's a Rapunzel type character, but she doesn't know anything about the outside world because she's been just trapped in this tower since she was a little girl. And they're getting married. And as they're about to get married, an evil wizard played by Justin Theroux shows up <laughs> and kidnaps her. So Danny McBride and James Franco need to go on a quest to save his bride. And on the way, they find a, a female warrior played by Natalie Portman who like joins their, their campaign. This is just Onward. Yeah. So, well, no, because Onward doesn't go this far. <laughs> Do you think that Taika is paying Danny McBride uh, royalties? Because this is literally Thor Love and Thunder. It, like, so, it seems like it. So on the drive here, because uh, we are recording this in Matt's basement, I listened to uh, The Sporkful, which is a, uh, a, a food podcast. Um, I listened to one episode where the host interviewed some people that are writers for The Simpsons because The Simpsons is a very food-centric cartoon and has been for 30 years. They were talking about how there's like a nine-month minimum between when they write a joke and when the episodes come out um, that in that pipeline, like, shit can completely flop. And there's also the ability for them to edit jokes, you know, up to maybe like six weeks before an episode drops. But that, that also is kind of why that discussion of With Your Highness makes sense with the way that comedy can kind of breathe as you yeah. said but um i also listened i finally got a chance since it's a six hour drive to sink my teeth into uh one of the newer geekscape podcasts uh undiscovered scripts yep. um super great concept the only thing that i can say is that sometimes i can definitely see why the script didn't get picked up yeah um but the 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 podcast itself is great i think that the acting um the, the voice acting is fantastic i think the editing is great um super cool to have that as a more um it's definitely a different lane than what yeah. a lot of what we have on the Geekscape Network is. And I think that everybody that listens to Horror Movie Night should at least, you know, uh, give one script a, that they do. Because they break it out into like three or four episodes. And they definitely. jump around genre too. Yeah, yeah. So pick one that seems like a genre that you'd like and absolutely follow through and listen to one script. So which is probably about two hours of your time. Um that they goes by fast and and it's great but i also wanted to talk about one movie that i watched um i also got the opportunity to watch the cursed 2022 which i know people were very upset about um it was one of the first horror movies that came out in 2022 that's the um, one with the like it's like chrome ish fangs on yes. the cover yeah yep. okay. people were pissed because they wanted a werewolf movie mm -hmm. and the reason that i was turned off by it was because people saw it in theaters and were like it's not a fucking werewolf movie it's not it's yeah. a curse movie, yeah. and it's a period piece, and it's got some cool. It's got a lot of good stuff to it. Um, I don't love the special effects because um, it's CGI. I would have loved to see some more practical, but it was not. I mean, that's nitpicky for me. I think that the storyline was fantastic. It was written, directed, and produced by the same person. Oh, wow. This guy, like, it was his baby, you know? Yeah. It is his baby. And I think that it's a great story. It's not a remake. It's not a rehashing of something that I have ever seen before. I think that if it was just short story, it would be fucking phenomenal yeah. short story. I think that it's got yes. just a great... Matt, did you see it? No. 
Okay, so in not, I'm the only one seeing it. Yeah. Um, I, so I'm not going to give away anything. Um, yeah. I think that people really expected it to be one thing, and the fact that it wasn't a straight-ahead werewolf movie, it's werewolf-adjacent. It's lycanthropic-adjacent, but it's such a rich story. I don't think it's a perfect movie. I don't think it's my favorite horror movie of the year, but I think it's way better than people gave it credit for, and I would highly recommend anybody that hasn't watched it to give it a chance when you can um, on VOD. It's definitely worth your time. Nice. Yeah. All right. right Kyle. I uh, I watched the last of the three Giallo movies that's in the Forgotten giallo uh, volume four from Vinegar Syndrome. It's a movie called The Killer is Still Among Us. And like, if anybody knows any Vinegar Syndrome uh, fans, as some of you might be, there's many a group on Facebook <laughs> that, <laughs> that you are not a part of. I'm a part of one, and that seems like a mistake uh, for me <laughs> already. But, you know, they've, they've put out these box sets of Forgotten Gialli, and then everybody, of course, wants to go and rank all the Gialli of all mm. of the box sets and so on and so forth. But and I've often seen this one at the top. It's I'm not giving a shit. I only own one of the volumes, so it's like for me, I don't care where it ranks. Any of them rank in a series of twelve, right? I have three <laughs> available to me, and it's I I got them. Uh, but this one was just really really fun. It's like it's not. I mean, it is. It's there's some over the top stuff and over the top content, but at the base of it all which is the base of any giallo film that should be good or that people consider good is the mystery of it and it's like this one truly despite the sort of far-fetched uh environments in which the mystery takes place or you know avenues that it takes place the mystery was still alive throughout the whole movie and and actually in fact until the very end like there's 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 little resolution uh, to what's been happening and I just thought it was I thought it was fun because I think a lot of those maybe force an ending or force a conclusion or force a, a perpetrator well uh, I mean seems Red far, Queen <laughs> no fucking shit like even the stuff that we you know the the ventures that we've taken and the stuff that we've watched uh, really sometimes force a, a conclusion and you're just like okay sure <laughs> I mean like you got say there that, that this movie is too good for horror movie night yeah <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, but I just, I, you know, I again in my in my limited uh, availability and time, besides watching what we have for the regular yeah. show, uh, that that was fun. That was a that was a that was a nice delight. Yeah, so that's what I watched. All right. Well, uh, we got a very short email. There's not even really a question here, but I do want to read it as it is clarification to an old episode of ours. This came in November of 2021 from Jason. Uh, and it was titled Halloween 2018, and they are correcting, or I don't know if they're correcting, but they're giving some tip to us here. Uh, I was listening to your guys' podcast on the movie Halloween 2018, uh, and you said that the kill of the girl in the window came up very, uh, was too random. I may be wrong, but isn't that scene showing that he's following the same path and killing people in all of the houses that he did in the original movie? I remember that email coming in as yeah. well. I thought that, that was very clever. I remember going to the theater and then we did the, the in theaters now and I have not revisited it. Yeah. But that is a great theory if and I, I appreciate that I, I want to appreciate the movie more. So I'm going to believe that they did that intentionally. I they just didn't flesh it out very well no, in the script. I feel like for all of their faults. <laughs> 
there is it is hard for me to say that I don't think David Gordon Green and Danny McBride really truly have watched the first Halloween movie obsessively while writing those movies. So that well, would totally well, while check While writing out. Halloween 2018, yeah, I, I feel like sure. they kind of winged it a bit on, on Halloween Kills. And I, I mean, I'll still watch Halloween Ends and hope that they... Hey, fingers crossed, yeah. man. Hey, maybe I, I think that people don't understand that on this podcast we want horror, we modern want horror succeed. to succeed. Yeah, we, we do. Want, we want it to we be do. good, and then we're disappointed when it doesn't. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, that is <laughs> true. The, it's the reality. Yeah, like it. But that's with that's with everything, you know. Like uh, we were we were talking about comedy for a little bit, and it's like mm-hmm. I think comedy, comedy and horror are probably the two biggest genres of like so many different subcategories and so many things that are so different from each other. Like, you know, uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall and like airplane are apples and oranges to uh-huh. comedy. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, I like both of those equally, but I totally would understand if someone who likes forgetting Sarah Marshall hates airplane or like this guy, someone who loves airplane. <laughs> yeah. Or like someone who loves airplane thinks that like forgetting Sarah Marshall's too slow. Like, you know, like it's like, yeah, like I could see both sides of it. Cause like airplane, Airplane and like the Naked Gun movies and stuff like that, like those movies, I love them, but I can see how exhausting they can be. There's like yeah. 14 jokes happening per second in a single frame. Sometimes, like it's yeah. it's a lot, yeah. <laughs> but like there's no character in those. Yeah. But forgetting Sarah Marshall, it's all about the character and making you care about the characters, and then manipulating your feelings to make their pain kind of funny oh my to god you. and like, like think about fucking horror the same yeah. way it's like <laughs> yeah. there's like uh slasher movies that are so uh not tame but just like care like there's no story and it's just strictly kill and then we have what people may call elevated horror but we've uh, i think we've talked or not talked about that term uh, but like there's there's levels of horror too that are just like so deep and difficult or dense than less like forgetting Sarah Marshall is not, not dense, but like yeah. there's, there's just different levels of that stuff too. And it, it's building blocks of what people's interests are. If they care about this shit, like nobody's like looking at like the King's speech and being like, that was formulaic in my, <laughs> you know what I mean? Man, you formulaic picked one out me. of the air and yeah. I'm just like, you better not negate the, the beauty of that fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> I no, love no. that movie. But it's uh, no, but it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, that's not the building blocks of anybody's like, experience in viewing stuff and it's like comedy right. and comedy yeah. and horror are so much those things to mm-hmm. me yeah uh you know, it's that's also why, like that's why we talk about them and visit so, them so much it's it's so subjective yeah, and true. and that's why you you i'm the mean dad of the podcast because you're like i hope that scott doesn't get mad if he about me suggesting this horror or this comedy it's because it's so subjective. It is. It is. It is. It is. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and but, something it's, might, but it's all under the same well, umbrella. That, so it's like exactly. that. It's tough. And that's why, and I, I feel like we've done a good job about this. I know that I try really hard mm-hmm. to never express an opinion, no matter how bad I think a movie is, of like, if you like this movie, you're dumb. Because, like, who am I to, like, I hope judge? I, didn't. I think I probably did that for Deathgasm. No. <laughs> but, but, you know what I mean? like, No, I think generally we, we give a lot of, like... We give uh, more leeway than some of these movies oh. deserve. <laughs> no but, shit, though. But, no but shit. But I remember... But because there's a camarad- there's a enjoyment, I think, that at least we all have just talking about it and yeah. talking about it, even if it's not something that but we particularly want to watch again I, up from the depths. Yeah. I remember in, like, a film class one time, a teacher saying, like, 
whatever the worst movie you have ever seen is, is probably somebody's favorite movie. No kidding. And it's like, there is truth to that. So it's like, all right, like being mindful of that. Like, Mm -hmm. all right, I've seen some movies that I think are just straight garbage. Yeah. Yeah. And like, maybe I can think, man, if that's someone's favorite movie, I don't know how much in common we have, but I don't think that that person's a bad person for liking Um, what they like. I, I might make some judgments about people that like things that are misogynistic. It, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, in I, horror. I mean, like, yeah. I, oh, I, I really, sure. I'm going to be completely honest that I do, I may not say it out loud, but I definitely make and try to re, and I, I try to like readjust them after I get to know somebody. But like, if somebody, like, I'll make a snap decision on somebody if they're like, fucking love Terrifier. I love that scene where the woman gets sliced from the crotch down. Like, you know, like Terrifier is such an awkward one for me because I really dislike that movie, but I love David. He so is much. such a sweet dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. and it makes I hate me to that I hate it. his movie. <laughs> well, I mean, we're getting the second one soon, yeah, so we'll see maybe. what happens. But, uh, but mm-hmm. I mean, I just that's mm-hmm. just a very recent installment, and and I don't know. I, I want to say the tide is turning with with white men who are like, I really love seeing women, and I mean, they don't say it in. They say it in as many words, but they're like, you know, I like to see women in in, in degraded positions mm-hmm. in horror, yeah, and right. and hopefully that 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 has become it's not the prevailing notion of what mm-hmm. you what you're getting out of horror. Like titulation in a horror movie, I think is is gonna be more like something that's a little bit less debasing. I hope. Yeah, I. So the the world of the arts in general is is a really it's a really tough field, right? Because like being the film fan that I am, like I've had to watch what are from a cinematic point of view, very important and very well-made movies that should never exist. You know what I mean? Like birth of a nation and triumph of the will are like these unbelievable artistic achievements and feats that you just like you're like i really hate that this is an important as important to the Mm -hmm. world of cinema as it is Mm -hmm. but it's like i've had to watch those movies in film classes because it's like this is this is the backbone of this and that goes back to the music that you like sometimes it goes back to the paintings that you like like it it touches everything yeah anybody who has a vision and power which Sometimes as people who have visions and powers that are not aligned <laughs> with uh, or moral are purely just immoral like those. But they but that does not take away from their ability to craft something with the thing that's in front of them. You know, yeah. Birth of a Nation is made on celluloid because they had I mean, they had the power like the power and the money mm. is there. But that is also you can still be a craftsperson with power and money just for a terrible thing. Yeah. I mean, it's what, that's how war machines are made. That's how anything is. That's how anything is. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that it still touches something as emotionally charged as the arts. It's it's tough. It's a thing that I feel like at a certain point you you both have to be able to like shut that off mm-hmm. in your brain and just be like, all right, I just I gotta accept this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like you also can't be okay with it yeah you know what i mean yeah, yeah, like yeah, you're yeah, like absolutely. all right i've i've got to move past the fact that this was made by a bad person with some mm-hmm. real bad takes mm-hmm. watch it for what it achieved mm-hmm. but 
still hold on to being like, yeah, that's fucked up. Like, yeah. this movie shouldn't exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I wish that any other human being had gotten here first. I can't <laughs> believe, I, you know, again, like, I, I know we're giving up from the depth a lot of power. <laughs> a lot of power here. But, <laughs> no, but you know what? I do like that we can get into these kind yeah. of headier conversations. Cause that, me too. It's always come down to me, like, you know, the great debate of, like, greatest movie of all time is usually it falls down to Citizen Kane or Casablanca. And I know that, for me personally, I enjoy watching Casablanca a lot more than I like watching Citizen Kane. Yep. But that's another one where it's like it's undeniable. You watch any movie that came out before Citizen Kane, and then you put on Citizen Kane, you're like, oh, I understand yeah. why this is considered the greatest movie of all time. Because it's like no one ever thought to do low camera angles. Right. No one ever thought to do any of this any of it. stuff. So any it's like it. it it doesn't have to be. That's why I hate when like, you hear the hot take of like, that's not the greatest movie of all time. It's so boring. And it's like, well, yeah, because you're watching it with a hundred years worth of film that have come out after that no kidding. point. But like, if you take the context of yeah. the film, yeah, this is fucking brilliant. It's it's the same thing with like listening to Sgt. Pepper from the Beatles. Like, You don't have to be a Beatles fan right. to listen to all of the music that came out before that album and then be like, what the fuck happened? Where they were like, <laughs> we're just going to start playing shit backwards as guitar solos. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that you make a good point about Sergeant Pepper too, because like that is pretty much a terrible album. Yeah, like it's it's not about that. It's about and the exploration. Citizen Kane is not necessarily a great kind of like digestible piece of cinema. But it's people taking but it's, risks exactly, <laughs> and it and it and it moves the it moves the art form forward. Uh-huh. Like that's important. Yeah, but you know, and I think that we've kind of strayed. A bit really from, far from Halloween 2018. Yeah, yeah. It, it, <laughs> well, we were talking about championing films, yeah, though, and it's yeah. like you do want those things to succeed because they do take... I mean, they don't take the risks that Sgt. Pepper or Citizen Kane is doing, but they're taking risks away from something that we do know exists. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? They are taking... They are making jumps and leaps away from what we've been presented to up until that point. You know, so Halloween 2018 is making some choices that is like, you know, we have all. I feel this like it's a real of, safe movie, though. Like, yeah. I feel like I feel like the, right, and that's the what you wanted. Are super safe, right? And that's what you want, and you wanted more. Like, yeah. that's why that's yeah. that's the criticism of, of it. It's not that it's like completely failed us, but like you're like, oh, but you take the risk, like do the thing. Yeah, you got the money. Here's the thing: is that well, especially I, something like that. Has yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Like, like there's a lot of money behind it, and and when you bring the money in, um, then you obviously are dealing with a lot of people that get their say. Yeah, and and you know, so I I know this is going to be like a really weird ending to the up from the depths. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I you know, we were talking about power, money and and art and all this and I feel like kind of what the thing about this show that we're always championing is is if you love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you love if if the people we can always sniff out if it is being done by people that love it. You know, yes. and and I think that that's yeah, the, like lower brow cinema is not necessarily going to be as technical. Right. But I mean, like all that shit in Citizen Kane, mm-hmm. you know, and I had really probably never put it in words because it's never been a conversation. But, right. um, you know, like, would we have Evil Dead? 
Right. You know, like all the things that Sam Raimi did in Evil Dead mm. with the camera, like technical decisions that he yeah. made. Yeah. Would we have them because of Citizen Kane? Now that is where I want to leave it. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. have that conversation. <laughs> yeah, that is no, a rhetorical question. <laughs> well, that's but... like, there is one of, no, legit, one, one of the most ridiculous papers I ever wrote for any class was a music class where we had to pick a genre and deconstruct it. And I kind of did this deconstruction of punk music, trying to break down how like dumb of a label punk ultimately is. Uh, and I was like, so who is the true punk band? Right. And it's like, if you say it's the Ramones, then like theoretically, wouldn't the first true punk band be like, Chuck Berry like like would right. it be these 50s rock but and Chuck roll but Chuck Berry was punk yeah well so but then to push it even more absurd I was like but if you say the Sex Pistols because they represented anarchy then like wouldn't the Marx Brothers be the first punk rock band because like everything that they ever did was pure chaos on right. like and it's kind of that thing like it's such a it's such a nonsense genre because it's like there's people who identify as punk who don't play anything that sounds like punk music. Right. Like there's plenty of folk dudes that play acoustic guitars who are more punk motherfuckers. Like I've said it before, fucking Chumbawamba. If you break down what that band has done is the most punk band yeah. that has ever existed. They don't sound anything like anything that would be classified as punk. Like that's, well, we're we're all over the place. Anyway, send us your hot takes at HMNpodcasts <laughs> at gmail.com. Because we're sending them to you. Yeah, because yeah, you'll get one right the fuck back. <laughs> uh, and, you know, hit up our Patreon, patreon.com backslash Podcast, And all of that other good stuff. We'll be back Thursday with another episode of Horror Movie Night. <laughs> young adult novels have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels then join author eric j brown and Alyssa lube of netflix's the circle every other tuesday on yaok available on all podcasting apps Woo! hi friends the world got you down don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. listening to the Geekscape Network.